So here we are. This is the seventh, seventh, sixth, sixth episode of On That Note. Um, I am here with Aaron and Angie from Much Too Much Band, based out of Austin, Texas. They are. Um, would you guys consider yourself folk? Indie folk. Indie folk. Yeah. Okay. I always get really. I always have to be really careful about assuming <laughs> genres. Um, uh, and they're really, really talented. So I'm very excited to be sitting down with them and kind of breaking down. Uh, one of their songs today. What I wanted to start with was the song um, Who off of your live at, how do you say it? Masmora? Masmora. Masmora okay. Studios. With the, with the Hispanic accent that I <laughs> do very regularly. Um, but uh, it starts off with that bass riff, and since you guys are such a vocally driven band, um, do you did you guys start with a vocal and then add bass later, or did it start with the bass? Because that bass riff <laughs> is really, really good. Um, but so what did that start with? That melody was inspired by a melody our drummer whistled. Mm -hmm. um, and originally we used to just play it really without percussion, right? Yeah, we, we didn't started, have a rhythm section. Mm -hmm. so, we started it vocally with that loop and then we added on top of it. Yeah, and then we realized uh, it sounds cooler to start with the rhythm section. It gives them a moment to shine, mm -hmm. gives us that like groove feeling we get into it and so vocals are just tighter uh, when we start after that and in our live performance too we feed our previous song into that one so the bass okay. starts it off from his previous note so yeah, it's, yeah we oh, found that was a really nice transition really good transition yeah, yeah. that's clever um so it started with vocal melody and then you reversed and said let's take that bass yeah so one question i, I have because think something that i thought was really really cool about this song was you kind of start off with a very syncopated bass line, um, and then you come in with the like uh, half note vocal melody, mm -hmm. and then the next melody you add is pretty syncopated, and then mm -hmm. the next one you add is like kind of a combination of the of the two. Um, was that kind of a conscious choice about like layering syncopated versus more straight feels, or did that just happen naturally? <laughs> a lot of our songwriting happens just yeah. organically mm -hmm. and naturally, but. Um... Yeah, I guess we kind of, we play around with what our bass player ended up kind of making up with the percussiveness of, um, of that line and yeah, yeah vocals just followed. It came naturally because like I would start that, that bum ba dum bum ba bum bum um, as my vocal line and then Aaron did the two syncopated lines on top of it and mm -hmm. then I did the fourth one so we're like sandwiched in between our, our parts. Mm -hmm. um, so the two syncopated lines are Aaron's voice, mm -hmm. which is nice because um, you get the same like timbre and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, um, and just organically. Cool. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I uh, like listening to it. Like it feels very stacked in like a way that makes sense. I mean, obviously, because it's kind of like a layered intro. Right. But it, it just like it grooves really well in that you're adding a little bit of like rhythmic dissonance in the syncopation and then balancing it out with a little bit more of a straight line. Yeah, we definitely like incorporating rhythmic contrast as well as just tonal like we love dissonance mm -hmm. and we're all about harmonies so Angie's last vocal line it's just a descending melody that creates more of like a pull yeah the dissonance there mm -hmm. um and it, yeah it just kind of came out of our hearts <laughs> from our hearts from to our mouths to the people and, and that dissonance harmony that you're talking about, you, mm -hmm. you guys layer that in so well um, because it starts with like that, it just starts with that simple C sharp mm -hmm. going into the D um, and then 
you add the next line that comes in, um, that C sharp starts on the A. When it goes to the A, so then you get that kind of dominant chord. And then you add the, um, what what line comes in after that? The, um, yeah. The harmony. Yeah. Oh, which actually, actually recently changed. Oh, really? Yeah, because we're working on our debut album, and the guy who was mixing and mastering it, he altered the pitch a half step. So instead of, just the same, he changed it to minor. So, and we really liked how that sounded. So now it's officially, but yeah, we're not in the right key, but now it's. We could build it. Exactly. We could build the new one. Yeah, I would like, yeah, if you guys want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? So you're changing. So what do the the chords? The chords normally the chords D minor. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. It makes it jazzier. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was done in mixing. Like he just shifted yeah. the note. Interesting. And we were kind of like he proposed it. Like, what okay. do you think about this? And we kind of tried it in our live thing, and we're like, hey, we like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't recall that, but I just heard it like most recently when he mixed it, and I was like, mm. whoa, what's different about this? And pretty quickly, I was like, it's minor. Wait, what? <laughs> like, it's happening. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and so was that like that intentional in terms of like what you guys were. Because you end up, at the end of, once all the layers come in, you start with just an A to C sharp to imply that dominant chord. Mm -hmm. And then you end up with the E and G get folded in later mm -hmm. when you start adding in the harmonies. So was it, in, in, was it your kind of starting point to end up with that full A dominant chord? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's like the lead in to just the beginning of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right, cool. yeah. But initially, this song was just vocals. We didn't add instruments until... How Much long later. was it just vocals? Um, we would perform it without guitar and keys for a couple months, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just bass and drums, just bass and percussion. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because there's, there's, uh, I mean, instrumentally, you, you guys come in with the guitar and the piano, even too, on top of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I just really was, was excited about, like. Because I, I could feel that that A dominant chord, and then every time you added one more layer, I was like, oh, I can. There's more of it now, and so uh, so it was just really it's exciting, exciting to, to listen to. Too. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's there's the E, and then the G came in at the end. And I was like, oh, there it is. It's all there now. Um, the the whole gang. Uh, so that was awesome. And then um, what? How do you guys go about choosing? Because um, you're looping live the vocals, mm -hmm. right? How do you go about choosing who sings what and like, and then even beyond that, how to mix it once it is already there? Um, well, we've kind of learned, I mean, we definitely change it up because we both share a pretty similar vocal range, but in general, Angie has like a really jazzy, beautiful lower range. And I tend to have the higher timbre, like the just bright timbre. And mm -hmm. so, Typically, oh, not always. Beautiful, but higher notes. Yeah, usually Aaron <laughs> takes the soprano part and then the alto, but, but yeah. we do switch, and mm -hmm. sometimes you can't tell. Sometimes we cool. can't tell. Right. And sometimes I hear, and I'm like, that could literally be my voice. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But yeah, generally, that's kind of our rule of thumb. You know, Angie will sing the bass line, 
give it that like warmth and I'll do the little like little layers on top and then Angie comes back in kind of solidifying those mid and lows. Okay. Let me go from there. Yeah. A lot of the time when we write a looper song, it's literally just we're jamming and you know, I'll start something or Aaron will start something and I'll add on top of it. It's mm-hmm. like a pass the microphone back and forth. So we kind of transfer that into live performance. So it's kind of like we're taking to- yeah, 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 yeah. We this is our setup for live performance actually. We have this um on, it has a switch, mm-hmm. so the sound's not coming through when we don't want it to. Um, but yeah, we just pick it up and like hand it back and forth, we get our loop done and then we like go to our instruments to, to start the song. Yeah, and some melodies just like speak to one of us more than the other in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. like it just feels right to sing it. So we're like, yeah, that, that just feels right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then you mentioned that phrase, a looper song. So do you guys, I mean, do you guys think of songs in terms of like this song is going to be looped and then this song is maybe not going to be? Because that's, uh, that's an interesting phrase that you just use there. Yeah. Uh, so how do you guys <laughs> sure. approach like... Sure. Well, you know, it's another thing to add to our setup for live performance. So if we're doing an acoustic set, we don't always have the looper. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some songs we can do, like we can do Who Without that vocal loop. It's mm-hmm. just lacking that fullness and the pull of the tension. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like a handful of songs that we specifically start out using the looper. There's actually one new one that we just wrote that um, the loop comes in in the bridge, which is mm-hmm. different than anything we've ever done before. Yeah, we, but, we've noticed, especially in our fans and the audience, they just really perk up when we throw in the looper into mm-hmm. the mix, so we've been trying to incorporate it more because, I mean, we love it, of course, but noticing that others really like that, yes, our two voices harmonize and blend so well. But yeah, now, there's, now we can talk to a choir. It's, it's our dream come true. It's really fun. It's uh, great. Yeah, that, that is great. And then, the so is there, a, like, um, is it usually before you guys sit down or sit down to write a song that you say this is one that's going to be looped or is it when a melody comes up you're like mm, maybe this one should be like we should add more harmonies and to do that we have to loop or how is that decision made? Oftentimes like I, I would say all of our looper songs we've co-wrote and it's just when we're sitting with the looper messing around with our vocals and making some melodies and something will stick and then you know the words and chords and everything else come later so it's yeah, like we start with that from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really compose a piece and then say, yes, this is a looper piece. Mm-hmm. It just happens by that organic passing practice. Back yeah. yeah, back and forth. That's how we really love to write and how we've found we work really well together is by bouncing ideas off of each other. And so mm-hmm. that is exemplified in a looper. We're like passing it back and forth. Like, here's my idea, you build on it, and yeah. then I'm going to take what you did and like add to it. It's probably the most fluid that our songwriting, you know, we have many different kinds of songwriting, like Angie will write a song and we'll collaborate on harmonies or vice versa, and or we'll co-write 50-50 almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but with those, it's just incredibly fluid. Yeah, it just yeah. happens. <laughs> Which has really allowed our creativity as a team and um, to just blossom into like a newfound mm-hmm. land of Amazingness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then where I wanted to take it from there is that the first the first lyric that actually really comes in on that song, um, I mean, you guys did, again to to go back to the layering idea is you have because uh, you have that D, mm-hmm. um, and then you kind of do that's on the one and the three. Um, and then the next time you come in, you have the, on the two and the four when you're going. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. was that kind of, I mean, there's a, a, it's almost a canon in that you have these kind of mm-hmm. offsetting things. Was that intentional or did that just, again, more of a natural thing? <laughs> more of a natural okay. thing, I'd say. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. and, and since we are both um, experienced in the choral setting, like mm-hmm. maybe that naturally came through. We were like, oh, this is a full voice kind of sound. Like it would be cool to do a, a canon type thing here. But yeah, that's just naturally what came out. That's awesome. And we started strong in like a really uh, strong unison mm-hmm. in the beginning and then we split into harmonies and go crazy, but we always kind of start simple vocally and and just get bigger from then on out. So mm-hmm. we just kind of like to have a strong start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that like backbeat kind of thing. And then yeah. um, you got the, the, the part that comes in, so it goes and then it goes the yeah. right? And I'm always curious because I am, I mean, not the best singer, um, how, is is that a process, how many melodies do you try out when you're coming up with those lines or is it pretty instantaneous or, because that one's great. Think back yeah. to the songwriting. Yeah. This one in particular, it's different every time mm-hmm. is the answer, but mm-hmm. this one I think, um, I think that was pretty much it. Like I think that was one of the first variations of that melody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think this song was one of the ones that kind of just fell out of us. <laughs> we didn't really like change too much, except so we made that who part the the um, chorus part, mm-hmm. and then we each wrote our individual verses later, right? So we would kind of like play around with it for a while, just wail over the loop mm-hmm. until we found something, some melody, some some words that meant something to us, and it stuck. Yeah. It's a, it, again, it's really challenged us and helped, allowed us to grow as musicians and singers because improv singing was not something I was comfortable with. Yes. Um, even after being professionally trained, like it's just, it was not in my comfort zone. Yeah. And through Looper songs especially, but all of our songs, um, we've actually performed, if a song hasn't like solidified yet and it's set in stone, like, this is the song, these are the melodies, live performance will just improv different every mm-hmm. time yeah which now is comfortable yeah. but it used it's to be so terrifying <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't absolutely. always work out but, but <laughs> when mean, it does yeah. you learn yeah. <laughs> you learn real fast yeah that is very true um and then it's got the i mean you guys do that in a couple of different places um i heard it on strong and steady too but where you got um maybe that was more of a, a piano melody that came but you guys do triplets a lot mm-hmm. um, yes uh, yeah, and is that where does where does that come from, or is it you know is it just a natural thing again, or, or how do you guys how do you guys approach that rhythmic thing? Because melodies are one thing, especially for singers. I mean, um, but choosing the rhythm of something is obviously a whole different different thing. Yeah, I don't know. I personally like in songwriting. I just love, um, like I said, I love rhythm contrast. So mm-hmm. if our vocal line is real legato and, and longer notes, mm-hmm. um, then I want the underlying rhythm, whether it's guitar or the percussive, uh, percuss- percussion section, I want it to be faster, mm-hmm. you know, more rhythmic. Um, so for me, I don't know what it is, I really do love triplets mm-hmm. <laughs> and syncopation and all of that. Um, yeah. yeah. That song also, um, when we brought in the bass and percussion, kind of really, then we could feel it in a different way than with just the looper. And so we felt those triplets and those more syncopated rhythms. And so it was adding the other instruments that helped me feel like those were, you know, they wanted to be there. The triplets wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned, so you go, that's the, the chorus kind of section. And then um, it does really explode on, on that verse with the like, the... Um... Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and who's singing that part? That's my. That's you. Okay. Yeah. See, judging on your bright tan, I would guess that was you then. Like the way you guys were discussing your voices. Uh, but that's cool. It's hard to tell. What you hear in here is so different from what people hear. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, because that that sounds very very full and to me anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but you got that part just like the sky and the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then is. I am yeah. If I recall correctly, that vocal line took some time to develop. Yeah, okay. yeah it wasn't. I think it just but evolved. I, from I the remember first. when it happened. You do? We were. Oh, it was live. Actually, I remember the song now. We improvised both of our verses, and they pretty much stuck. Where was that? That was a house show at my mom's house. We were. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like a house concert, uh -huh. and we had all these people on the floor. It was like such a good environment, mm -hmm. and we had just written that loop, and we were like, let's try it out. Like, mm -hmm. let's just improvise, and we literally sang those verses, and they stuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird that I didn't remember that until just now, but yeah, it's an example of <laughs> a time when it worked in yeah. my performance. Because um, that, that, yeah. that vocal run is uh, that... Um, I am never da -da 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 yeah. changing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's great, and I was just curious. So, so that was something that, that's really interesting that it was something that you tried a bunch of times and maybe not found and then just did it live and it just was that? Yeah, it just, that melody just happened live and then we listened back because we recorded it and we were like, oh, hey, <laughs> that's, good. that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the, the one. Song. Nice, that's, that's amazing. And it evokes the mood too mm -hmm. because, yeah, I wanted, I wanted the line to reflect, you know, yeah, just like the sky and the ocean, everything's changing in this world and so my vocal line, it has to be fluid and all over the place in a sense because like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, reinforcing that's the theme, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. I mean, that whole song was just I, something that struck me as like really well layered, but then like it had those those the rhythmic contrasts, um, the way you built the harmony was, was really cool, um, and then the way, yeah, those verses just kind of like really took off, it felt like. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. Um, so one question I always like to ask too, um, especially of, of two women who are as like highly educated as you are in, in the field of music. Mm -hmm. um, how do you guys balance your sort of academic backgrounds with staying uh, maybe spontaneous or creative um, and, and what are the challenges you face in that? Mm, yeah, that's a great question because um, I remember when I was studying back in school in that environment, I never would have pictured myself here where I am today. Mm -hmm. A gigging musician in an indie folk band. Um, you know, I was thinking classical, I was thinking musical theater, mm -hmm. I never really saw myself in this role. And so it did take a long time, and I'm, I'm still personally working at breaking down those barriers to just letting my creativity flow through, right? In mm -hmm. a way that, um, and not holding myself back and thinking in that like more structured classical way, which is very helpful and has its place, right? Like having that theory mm -hmm. background helps a lot. Um, but yeah, I just had to like tear those things down to let myself be free mm -hmm. and, and not be afraid of like, having my voice sound different than maybe those people wanted it to yeah. and then bringing the theory back in. Yeah, for me, the way I first learned to sing and appreciate music when I was a kid was, I mean, I was always an aural learner. Someone mm -hmm. would play something, I would sing it back. I would have mm -hmm. no sense of the theory behind it. I've always just been, you know, by ear really strong and singing. And then I got educated, so I was like, got more of the theoretical book smarts behind it, so combining those like now my songwriting it's still by ear and by feel for me like that's first and foremost it's like if it feels right 
and connects to my soul and my heart, then cool. But if I'm struggling in the songwriting process, then I will think theoretically, all right, what makes sense here? Mm -hmm. What chord is going to bring out that kind of angst and dissonance that I'm looking for? Is it a minor two? Mm. Seven? Like, you know what I mean? Like just, that's when the theory part comes in. And like Angie was touching on, being classically trained is so beneficial. It's how I train my students. But I learned in college with all the critiques that I received <laughs> that my voice was not going to be an opera, classical. And I didn't have the passion for it either. Mm -hmm. I have respect for it, of course, but mm -hmm. like, that wasn't me. And so finding my true voice, being able to take their criticism and critiques and just process it internally thinking, you know, it's okay that my voice is unique and different. I actually like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I might not fit into your box, but when I'm out of college, I'm gonna explore this I'm gonna start wide open world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start a band. I'm gonna start a band. I'm gonna name it much too much. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been so fun. And really this project has helped me grow as a musician more than any other thing I've experienced in my life so far, so. Rita, that's yeah, that is, uh, yeah, that's huge. That uh, that's an awesome place to be in. Mm -hmm. um, and then, do you guys have any upcoming shows, upcoming albums? What what do you guys got to plug yeah. here? Um, September twelfth, we're playing at Mohawk Indoor, which is on our has been on our bucket list. So we're excited to check that one off. Yeah. Um, we have a lot going on in, in September. September. We have like seven, eight shows. So you oh, can really check well. it out online. Much too much music.com. Yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram, everything you could possibly think of. Bandcamp, as mm -hmm. we found this. Yes. That is, yes. And yes, we've been actively working on a full-length album. It is the third time and final time we've recorded this yeah. baby of an album. It's three years in the making. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, we started recording. It's a long story, but basically our band our image, what we are, was evolving throughout the whole process. And so the first two times, two takes just didn't feel right. They didn't uh, ref reflect us or represent us in the way that we truly knew that we were. Mm -hmm. And so the third time with Masmoda Studios was like, that was the one. Yeah. We also it. didn't have the full band until this third time. So mm -hmm. we were like trying to record in a very disjointed way. Um, and also being like an incredibly novice recording artist, mm -hmm. um, I didn't know like how to do it. So we, yeah, it was very DIY yes. and we learned a lot and here Click we are. Click tracks are your friends. <laughs> Even if you sing <laughs> fluid yeah, like yeah. we do. But yeah, so we are, we're getting that one ready to release in a couple months here. So we're really mm -hmm. excited gearing up for that album release. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and thank you so much for spending the time. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. <laughs>